Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 3rd of July, no, <laughs> October 2018. I'm Mike A-Race. I try to keep these two gentlemen in line. The striker, Kyle Robertson, and Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer. We have the usual... Shield, the striker, and I don't know what we call you. You call me Chet Huntley. <laughs> Patrick Flaherty, obviously, at the dials, the podfather. I guess, first things first, gentlemen, since we met last met, the crew was officially eliminated from the playoff race. Correct. That was last Wednesday. They were idle, and of course, they put themselves in a position to be eliminated sometime before July 17th. That was the end of a 113-1 run. Of course, since July 17th, Jacob... 5-1-6, and six, 21 points in their last 12 games, and only the Colorados and the New York City FCs have more points over their past 12 games than the Columbus crew. Of course, Colorado's fighting for a playoff spot in the West, and New York City has, I think, clinched the number one seed in the East. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, they have. So, a little late, but gentlemen, I guess that's the first topic. Management and the coaches want you to believe that this is before your eyes, the worm beginning to turn, as it were, to use a trite phrase. They want you to think that, or maybe they truly believe and, and want to pass this along to their long-suffering fans. Well, not lo- long-suffering no. would be the wrong phrase, you know, but suffered the last 30 months or so, right? A lot of suffering in there. Anyway, the message from the crew is that, look, we're coming together. Jacob, how do they put it? And for both you guys, we'll start with Jacob. Are you buying this? Well, they put it as in... Like the four, so Porter is kind of a psychology guy. We've talked about this. He mentioned the four stages of team development. You were yeah, you was, were in there. Yeah, I, I looked the, it up afterward. Just that was to, like Elizabeth Kubler Ross. <laughs> that's a reference. That's what it, before how, my time. I'm guessing. Google it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they're saying they're more at the final stage there of kind of finally performing. Everything's coming together. Um, I, I think in the context of you know they're going to go out and get players in the offseason, there's real credence to that. That This core group looks a lot better. Uh, I, I'm willing to believe it because of what they have said on the record about what they're going to try to do this offseason. But what do you, if you look at it, I mean, back line's pretty well set. Goalie's set. Is the striker, back line set? I think so. Right. Well, if you bring, if you bring back. Right. I mean. Milton. We'll you, be yeah, back. Milton. You're going to have more depth with yeah. Chris Cadden at right back. I think the other center back spot is still a question. Abubakar Keita looks really good for the future, but, you know, in terms of Lalas Abubakar, Alex Cronalli, yeah, yeah, Josh Williams, Man. there's decisions to be made there. Isn't I, he a million-dollar transfer fee, right? I think, read that story? I think as much or more so than personnel, what <clears throat> what he was referring yeah. to was that his system's now in place, yeah. and he's, he's along in the process of I mean, getting, and a lot of it's yeah. about Caleb, if you yeah. listen to him, is getting the kinds of guys he wants to play in, in whatever positions you want to play within the system that he wants to yeah, play. Yeah, you got your wingers. I mean, I think we you've seen Diaz is legit, and you'd want to move forward with him. And then Mokhtar is a half a million dollar a guy. So to me, if you look at the way the rosters, I mean, the only other issues is your, your center mid. What do you do with Trap and Artur? I think Artur has yeah. somewhat solidified yeah. himself by now. He's definitely played a lot better over these past ten games or so. But if that's, that, that but other if, position right. is very much, but a but, it, but if that's if if you look at the team and how it's constructed, I mean, you look at it and say, all right, if we have all this Garber bucks, and you know, how can we use it, and how can we make our team better? I think that you know, depth throughout the season is what you're looking at. Okay, there is some concrete basis for these 
assertions being made by Porter, among others, and that is they, for instance, uh, in this streak now, they're 5-1-6, and six, as I said, in their last 12, 21 points. Right. He said that it was a better 12-game streak than uh, at present than anyone else in the league. He was only a little wrong, right. uh, given that Colorado and New York have, I think, 22 and 22, I believe, over that I, same streak. I looked it up. They are fourth in most points per game since the 15th. They've played the least amount of games, which is interesting, and you can start talking about the schedule not working in their favor okay. and whatnot. But. But specifically speaking, they beat Atlanta on the road, and they beat Philadelphia at home, and um, those are the... Red Bulls on the road. Well, I'm just speaking in this last sure. uh, frame here. I'm going to set you up. Just <laughs> be patient. Shield. I have no patience. <laughs> so there is something to to hang on on there in terms of what Porter is saying. Just going by my notes, and I'm sure Caleb is uh, calling it up on his, his MacBook Pro here, but <laughs> I was sitting there listening to the team stages, and I didn't get the name of the first stage, but it was he described it as their 4-1-1 one, one start. Maybe that was honeymooning, and then the second stage was storming. It's forming, storming. Okay, forming and then storming. <laughs> Norming. And that, that was the and then performing. one 13-1 uh, stretch. And he talked about getting rid of people and adding people in relation to that. And then there was the norming, the third stage norming, which seems a force jumper to me. Uh, norming, and that's where things kind of settled down, I suppose. And the fourth stage is, as uh, Caleb said, is performing. And he said, and we're going to be flying, meaning coming out of the gate. He said, we're just the tip of the iceberg right now, guys, is, is one of the quotes. And I'm going to keep grinding on these guys, on the mentality, Caleb said essentially that he was making them into tough-minded scrappy guys that's so a, those are the four stages that's kyle a what, what did you say over there that's a fine oh all right a races i don't think it was mine mine's, down to one mine's stuffed now? in my bag i think that was patrick flaherty's phone no so he just find himself whoa no i think i'm gonna ask jacob about this because he's been thinking about it studying and um well i think you know, the, he, he cottons to this the, particular coach i think the the weird part i think for crew fans is that the way the team's currently constructed, I think they're a playoff team. And but you have that the one thirteen and one stretch where that's Charlotte Buff's not digging out of that hole. So yeah, I mean I think it I, I think going forward, I think next year they have a you have something to look forward to, you know, in that transition year, year and a half until the new stadium. But I think moving forward, I think crew fans should be pretty happy how this team's finally finally looking and no. will look based upon what Jacob and other people are saying about the move that they might make in the winter. He framed the storming uh, yeah. period as uh, he chastised uh, the media for not looking back on the lineups, which changed from week to week during the Well, that must be one hell of a long of, storm, of, of though. Storming. He said, if, if you look back on our lineup, we had a different lineup every game. And that was his excuse, for lack of a better word, for, for storming. Now, you do, as the Shield will, have to... Yeah give them some benefit of the doubt this is a it was described as a transitional year heading in there were hopes that a ready-made playoff team and especially after their 4-1-1 and one start would be a playoff team they're now a playoff team it's just that for a host of reasons they did not play like a playoff team for uh, a span of about well, 10 months. weeks there <laughs> jacob questions comments i think you can't overlook the draws that should have been wins as well that's, yeah. you know, certainly, and Caleb has said this, it happens in every sport, of course. It's just happened a ton over a short stretch of time. So, you know, they, they win some of those. Maybe you're going into this decision day kind of on the line of 
maybe getting in the postseason. I will say that I've been happy to hear Tim Bezpachenko, the president and GM, when he speaks of that very same thing. That's a that's a real point of frustration for him, and he doesn't make excuses for it. And it sticks in his craw, the points they've given away, and he gets specific about when they gave him away. And, of course, we've spoken about it on this program in, in the previous weeks that there's like, what, six to eight points there even in the last month to six weeks that uh, would put him right there in the playoffs. As it is, gentlemen, the uh, the playoff fields are coming into focus especially into the in the west we'll get into the crew's last match on decision day which is all the games start at the same time it'd be four o'clock in the east and then it's it's four pacific among western conference teams is that correct yeah i think it's 423 kickoff time across the league is what i had heard the games come on at four and they did this this past week i don't know why they just don't say we're kicking off at 525 or 423 well, that's because it's for TV purposes. Decision day, 4 o'clock games on Sunday. There's some things to settle in the East. As we said, New York City has clinched the number one seed. But then, you know, you go two through seven, and those are fairly set. The, the field is set. The question is seeding. And so second, you have Atlanta United. They're United FC, FC, SC. Yeah. The Atlantas, they're 55. Philadelphia's at 55. That was a costly loss, and we'll talk about how the crew played in, in a minute. D.C., 49 points. Red Bulls, uh, 48 points. Toronto, 47. And uh, the Revolution, 45. So there's going to be some jams. There's a there's some sub- substance to decision day in the East. Who do you like, guys, as you look at the East? I'm just, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know how far outside of the Columbus bubble you guys have gotten, um, given how much we've had to do here over the last over this season. But we'll start with you, Jacob. Who do you like in the East, and did they have any chance with whoever comes out of the West? Although we'll be dealing with that down the road. Well, I'll start in the East. There was some story about New York City FC not maybe being able to play at Yankee Stadium because of the MLB playoffs. I didn't look at the story, but I think it'd be interesting if they couldn't play on their home field. Anyway, you know, starting with them, I think they're the favorite, especially because Atlanta is dealing with a Joseph Martinez injury right now. I haven't seen the latest on how severe that is, but last I had read, it seemed pretty severe. I don't know if you've right. seen anything recently, Kyle. I mean, Philly looks strong yeah. this this weekend they sure didn't but was that a question of them being tired after it could have been they yeah. played wednesday sunday yeah absolutely i think that probably factored in i i think dc new york toronto new england those are the next four teams they're they've all been pretty sporadic new england you know has been very very good over the past several months since Bruce Arena got in there, so I don't think you can overlook them. But New York City, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They, they have guys all over the field who can score. I, I think they're probably the favorite in the East. I think if you're a crew fan, you want to be you mean watching Philadelphia. That's the team that you want to kind of say, hey, they do it right way. They kind of do it like us, kind of build up, you know, where other teams have, you know, pretty big stars. But, I mean, also, I mean, I, I like that, you know, right now Philly plays Toronto. I think the winner of that would probably have a good shot. I mean, Toronto has some older guys, but, hey, they could be kind of turn it on when, when, when the lights get biggest. With Altador and, yeah. and Bradley, among others, yeah. are they looking at their last? Yeah, I think so. I think it's their last. Because Bradley's last. contract yeah. is up at the end of this season. And then didn't Josie, didn't he resign or reconfigure or something? No idea. No? Thought I might sell some. How many years have they been together now? I mean, it. Oh, Bez put them together. Yeah. So yeah, these. Th- I mean, so these things are all five or five or six. six. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't it, Bradley like six years, seven yeah. million or thirty some, 40, 35, 36. 
Well, you just throw out like seven numbers. I know. <laughs> well, Bradley's, I thought it was like Bradley's, six Bradley's a six million dollar player. And yeah. So it's Altidore. I thought it was like change six for thirty six or something. Giovinco's yeah. seven plus, and Bezbachenko during his five years in Toronto. There's some money out there. There's he made a couple finals, won a cup. Yeah. They just won that one. They just won the one. They were they lost in the final another year, and you know they they had some in other competitions. They had some good runs too. So that kind was like the two. Braves. And that was that, that team was a mess before he got there, and um, he, they threw a lot of money though at it. They did, but it was a mess. Yeah. And he did. He came in and and, and immediately stabilized things. They kind of like stadium too, right? Kind of, yeah. They redid the stadium. Yeah. He kind of JD'd it, you know. He, he settled it down, and uh, but he had more money. He did. It'd be sure. like JD now in the Rangers, right? Yeah, except uh, yeah, yeah, MSG has about has more money than Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, but yeah, same sort of deal. Yeah. The Philadelphia game, we'll talk about the last game against Toronto, but we should just at least briefly address the Cruz 2 nothing victory over the weekend, post-elimination. Last home game, there was an announced crowd of 20. I don't know if there was quite that in the stands when the game began under threatening skies. A steady rain throughout the first half led to a lightning delay at halftime, extended halftime probably by another 15, 20 minutes, something like that. But those who stayed were treated. They were, certainly were, oh, ardent. And their support, and uh, they had a lot to cheer for. And it was the crew did what you've been waiting for them to do for quite some time, which is salt away a victory, go forward when they're up one nothing instead of uh, backwards, yeah. and and really do a nice job of managing the clock and the, and the scoreboard uh, down the stretch. Jacob, your thoughts on the two nothing victory over second place Philadelphia? Two things off the bat. Uh, they got a quick second goal, and you know that was one that maybe earlier in the year doesn't go in because it just kind of sneaks through about yeah. 11 different players. But, it, you know, it was a good hit. He put it on target. I thought it was a very smart shot. It was a great strike. Like a hockey goal. And Trap yeah. kind of... Yeah. Out of the air. Yeah. Trap kind of jumped over it a little bit to as a bit of a decoy. But, yeah, they got the quick second goal, and then the defense just looked very confident from there. I don't know if that was because they had a second goal and they had that extra cushion, or they just had learned a little bit from the past games of giving up that late goal. But Philly didn't threaten too much down the stretch. There was a big key save before Mokhtar's goal. Aloy Room, the ball went through his legs, but he got enough of it to knock it out of bounds for a, a corner. So that was kind of lost in the shuffle there. But yeah, I think it was a pretty complete performance. I think it was good to see Mokhtar get his goal, kind of get that first one. He had threatened for yeah. a while in other games. That was a really nice goal. Yeah, the cut back in the middle. H- hesitation, the, yeah. cut back. You, when you watch it, you're like, oh no, he took one too many touches, and then the defender kind of jumped a little and he kind of held on and then just kind of put it to the left side. It was nice. That and the shutout for Eloy, Eloy, room was, was Eloy. That was his Elroy. first. Ah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> that was his. Uh, boat, no. That was his first shutout for the crew, and well deserves because yeah. he's played very yeah. well. And as, as Kyle said, it looks like they're set and goal. Yeah. yeah. And now the last game of the season on the road in Toronto at four twenty-three kickoff at BMO Field. Are they going with the full squad? Or are they going to kind of just play guys or? So I'll have a story in tomorrow's paper. No, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I actually specifically asked about that. And what Porter said was, by this time, we we know what we have. He said he has all the information he needs for the offseason. So they're just going to try to keep evolving this core group. And the there's no impact with the call-ups, right? Because Sardis and Trap... Correct. That'll be, that'll be afterward. Okay. And so the crew uh, heads into the last game... 10, 15, and 8 with 38 points. They've, they're they no longer in second to last place anymore. They're in third to last place in the East. 
You got to improve your super draft spot. And 38 <laughs> points heading into the last game. Toronto's got a lot to play for as well as the crew has been playing. It's a tall order for them to to pick up a W on the road, Jacob, I would think. Yeah, especially Toronto playing for playoff seating. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is exactly the type playing of test. Playing for a home game. Home game yeah. yeah. This is exactly the type of test I think you want after a game like Philly. See if they can do that again. Exactly the kind of test you want, Kyle. So 38 points heading into the last game and heading backwards. You look at Burhalter's time and it was 51, 54, 36, the only time they didn't make the playoffs, and 53 and 52. So four playoff appearances in five years, and that string, the last day, including the previous two years, comes to an end this season, but a lot to look forward to, including, Jacob, the groundbreaking on October 10th, Thursday at 2 p.m. The public is invited as they put shovels in the ground in the arena district, and they got a lot of things planned for this event, I guess. Yeah, they should be coming out and with a list of speakers by the time this probably airs that that list will be out there yeah it starts at one so if you're looking to get there at two that's when the ceremony i think officially begins but i don't know totally what's going to happen during it but you know it's another chapter in the new era or however you want to say it but exciting time nonetheless kyle are you going to shoot that i'd like to what, what, well, what, what sort of things do you look at at a groundbreaking for an exciting photo you gotta get that um, shovel you know in the dirt piercing uh, the dirt or the kind of the up get the dirt up in the air yeah what about like people smiling and stuff yeah if you're is that a, is that a horizontal shot yeah. or vertical it has to be horizontal <laughs> with all the there's probably gonna be like 80 people with shovels probably right now, with the sun, do you try to frame it with the skyline in the background? Well, it depends on... If they're smart, they should, but depending upon where they do it, sometimes the PR people don't think about that. Word to the Y yeah. from, from Kyle Robertson. Or you, can be be like, high or you can be like Urban Meyer and as Pint House not come out for the ribbon cutting. <laughs> uh, it happens, you know. So, again, we should give them this. There's been the land acquisition. Is that finished yet, Jacob? It's supposed to be. <laughs> supposed to be. It to, should be done by Thursday. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, it's not done yet. Yeah, um, I don't think it is either. I, I expect it to be done, if not by the end of this week, by the 10th. I don't think they'll announce that. If I had to guess, I think it'll be like they'll show up on Thursday and go, oh, yeah, we got the land. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? You know, they've had to design and go through all the red tape of getting their plans for the new stadium through all the bureaucracy and uh, actually designed. They have the Experience Center going in and that doesn't have walls on it yet, right? On on High Street? It's a in the short structure. North. Yeah, it's there. I drove by it the other day. And, and when's that going to... And tell us what that is and, and when they project it to open. I don't think anyone really knows what it is yet, but they're going to show off some of the new stadium stuff and I think just gin up excitement for the future. I don't know everything that's going to go in there, but if you're naming something an experience center, it's probably pretty interactive and kind of a come and go thing. So maybe a bar in there. I think it's very fluid. And still work going on with the training ground project. Is there any news, Jacob, on uh, where they're going to train next year? Nothing new? Nothing that I've heard. So where it stands now essentially is they'll be out of contract with Obets at the end of the year and they're They'd like to train there next year, but they may have to be at Moffray Stadium. They really don't know what's going to happen there yet, but they're working on it. So it's just another another one of these things, just like the community sports park. That thing's going along, and they're also kind of putting finishing touches on all the things that a fan would experience in the new stadium. Um, and it's pretty cool. There's uh, good renderings out there, especially at the crew's website and 
ticket sales are ongoing. It's been a, a major consideration of theirs. They like to say, quote, we have more season ticket holders than we've ever had before. There's kind of tiers of them now with uh, fans that are getting in for next year, the last year at Moffray Stadium or the last year and a half so that they can have priority for choosing seats in the new stadium when it opens in midsummer of 2021. There's also people signing up for a waiting list without buying season tickets to get in line for the new stadium. That's, again, projected for July of 2021. So a lot going on. Guys, is there anything else you want to add? We'll just get back to decision day. Two playoff spots are still up in the air in the West, which is kind of crazy. Colorado, as we said, 22 points over their last 12. And remember how poor they started. And they played themselves into a chance, as the crew was hoping to do in, in the East. Portland, Dallas, San Jose still in the picture, along with Colorado. So it, it's uh, the late games are going to be. And I'm pretty sure, although check your local listings, I'm pretty sure that those are 423 Pacific time, if I'm not mistaken. They all go off at the same time. Is that right? I misspoke earlier in the program. Jacob has done the due diligence, and it is every game starts at uh, 423 Eastern on Sunday. So they're all on one channel. <laughs> ESPN Plus, technically. Yeah, that's right. ESPN Plus. I'll, I'll be up in Toronto, so I'll be on the ground providing coverage there. We forgot to mention last week, we won't go over the who we think the crew might protect in the expansion draft, but there were rules announced for how that'll work this year. It'll be on November 19th. Teams can protect up to 12 players last year. If you remember, it was 11, so uh, they can protect an additional player. We'll talk about that in the future, but just wanted to mention that. All right. So the 10th place crew ahead of Orlando City and the FCC, FC Cincinnati's United are in last place, firmly entrenched there. The crew is in 10th of the 12 teams in the East. They head into their last game in Toronto, and that's about it. We're starting to overlap here. Instead of using sharp diagonal runs, the striker's getting a little antsy. <laughs> so we'll sign off. Anything else, gentlemen? That's about it for this week's Speakeasy. Thank you for joining us for at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25 and at K Rob Photo, as well as at the Pod Father 2. That's Patrick Flaherty at the dials. I'm at Michael A Race 1. Thank you very much, and Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>